0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast about ayahuasca assisted therapy. And I'm here today with Steven Tuig. And I'm so excited to get to know him and have this conversation. He's he's done a lot of good work already in his past. And yeah, he has some very exciting new projects going on as well. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Nina. Very gra- grateful and happy to be here. <laughs>
0: Well, I always just start with the same question to people just to get to know each other that tell us about your path a little bit and what led you to where you are, what was you know your internal kind of journey that that brought you to this point, and especially your journey with the plant medicine.
1: Yeah, so it, it probably looked different on the outside than it did on the inside, the subjective journey itself. From the inside, it was a what appeared at first to be a very Dark. Um, I mean, I was three years old. I was physically tortured by my stepmom. She'd locked me in a basement all day long and beat me, pulled out my hair, starved me, all that. And so that trauma carried me all through my life. There was a part of me that always felt like I was either trapped in a basement, either this feeling of being trapped. I believe we all have set five sacred fears. And that feeling of being smothered, being trapped, being stuck, being like the mind makes meaning and then it finds all kinds of areas to make meaning. It, it fractally takes that meaning across the board. So this feeling of you're going to get stuck, you're going to be trapped. You're going to end up in a dead end road. You're going to, that, that feeling was so overwhelming because I'd never dealt with the shadow, the shadow of this feeling of being trapped until I got a hold of it and found out what it was. So it took me on a lifetime journey. I mean, the beginning of my uh, wake up call was, I can't really say where the beginning, but the, the, the first major threshold was April 2000 when I was introduced to my first shadow ceremony. And, um, I knew right away, that's it. I don't know what that is. I, I I remember as a kid, always wanting to to know what magic was and, 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 and understanding miracle and what is, what is this thing? And, and finally I saw somebody stand somebody up and within 20, 25, 30 minutes, their life was changed. Like there's no way you could not know what you now know about who you are kind of thing. And I thought, whatever that is, that's what I need. And it sent me on a 22 year journey of studying this thing called shadow work or working on the shadow. Um, which then led me to spend 10 years working underneath Tony Robbins, studying directly underneath him. And then, um, now I've spent the last going on four years now working, um, underneath plant medicine specifically mother Aya, ayahuasca for those that are not yet have not yet met her but my relationship with the plant is such that i call it mother ayah i believe that there's a there's a there's something there she seems to know more about me than i know about myself and i've spent the last four years studying underneath her to continue to dive into you know, what's what's below this thing that that i call stephen
0: Wow, that's wonderful it's most most of us have this story of the wounded healer i think that's so very true right because your your own suffering pushes you to find a way out of it and and you know some of us do to a certain extent and then you have this desire you know to show that to others or help others to because you know how it feels you know to be there where they are so yeah thank you for sharing your story so that's so exciting I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and you know I did some of his programs and that must have been like a great experience just to be with him and and study with him so how did you come from you know from that world which is quite a I don't want to say more corporate, you know, but because it's very spiritual and healing what he's doing, but it's in a format and plant medicine, the jungle that's kind of, you know, a different energy. So did you, did you feel that you, you were missing something or were you looking or it was just a natural continuation of your path or how did that happen?
1: Well, yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't know that I've been asked that yet. And and it, it really, I mean, when you're working underneath somebody like Tony Robbins, So when I came to Tony, I saw I was doing this shadow work and I was traveling all around taking these underground trainings that hadn't yet peaked the mainstream understanding. And and somebody once said, well, this is all NLP. Well, then I went and got certified in NLP. And then I heard then Tony's name came up. And the more I started researching Tony, the more I found that this guy, like he stood somebody up. And sure enough, within 25 minutes, that person's life, there's no – and I'm like, that's shadow work. Now, he wasn't – He doesn't call it shadow work. He's got a different name for what he does, but it was shadow work nonetheless. And so I, you know, could at that time, couldn't afford to take one of Tony. Some of his trainings could take up to $85,000. And I wanted to really, you know, I was going to immerse myself and knew that I couldn't continue to immerse myself and learn facilitation if I was working for somebody else. So what I wanted to do was clock the hours facilitating. So I just kept bugging him until they hired me. It was it's, it's really just that easy. He kept bugging him until he hired me, which then got me in the door and allowed me to, to build uh, my relationship with the organization. It's my family. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's a home. Like the Robbins family will always be a home to me. And um, Tony taught me things that I just couldn't have picked up anywhere else. But after 10 years, I mean, I committed to 10 years, 10,000 hours uh, of well over 10,000 hours of studying his material, a thousand hours of face-to-face interaction, you know, in a, in a, in a room learning directly from him and, you know, having him, he, he, he commissioned me to strategically interview over 10,000 businesses to find out what worked and what didn't work in their business. But what I was doing there was looking at how the, the, the coding of the shadow was impacting business. All of my work around Tony was really understanding at a core level, how does this Integrate. We called it implementation at the time. How does this this change happen in the mind, and then implementing it into? You know, I work with Tony's business partners. I mean, interviewed the most some of the most successful people. Got to work with just. Jean Flew all around the world teaching his material, and there comes a point when it's okay. I got that. Now what? Now what? It's like it. it was time. It had just. The universe was calling me to the next teacher, and they're like, who else am I going to learn from? It like this guy's operating at a at a frequency well, a friend of mine who also is a shadow guide mentioned ayahuasca and it took me a couple of years to come to her. Um, it wasn't like a, Oh, where, cause I was in recovery, 12 step program. I'm a, what they call a friend of bills. Um, I grew up Alatot, Alatine, Alanon, AA, NA, like Anna partridge in a pear tree kind of thing, studied the 12 steps and it was programmed in me and I needed it at the time to help wash my mind. But taking a, what I thought was a drug was really not a drug. It's a medicine, but that's a whole nother conversation. Taking a drug was just ran counter to what, how I was programmed. And so it was very, you know, coming, finally coming to the medicine at that point, I was probably two years into my universe telling me it was time to move on. Um, But me not wanting to listen because I was just terrified. I mean, it was, dream job, dream, like, I was in, I built my own, I built a home, like, I built the division built around me kind of thing, I built the position, like, it was, there was nothing there when I got there, like, it was perfect, and it, it got to the point where it wasn't enough, and so mother, I came to mother, and
0: I can't hear you, what happened.
1: <laughs> there I am, there I am. My apologies, There, the electrician just shut the power off to the whole house, so whatever that was. Apparently, can we restart that question?
0: okay uh you were you were saying that from the 12 steps you know you were kind of programmed that you don't take any drugs so you had this kind of little bit of initial resistance towards you know working with the ayahuasca so how, how did you break through that because i think maybe many people are in this you know situation
1: yes well the, actually the work that i'm doing with the church here in orlando we get a lot of people using plant medicine to deal with their trauma, their PTSD. Like people are coming here. It's, it's their last resort kind of things. And a lot of those people are dealing with um, addiction because addiction is typically something that is you're using to try to, most people don't design the ideal. Most people manage circumstances. So they're dealing with the shadow and they can't manage the shadow because it seems bigger than them. And then they pick up the addiction. The addiction goes down below, below time as well. Now, Now the monster of addiction is bigger. It's in shadow as well. So they come to the medicine that way. And for me, it was, I had to understand there's a difference between medication, medicine, and drugs. Drugs are used to take my mind away from reality uh, or from the pain. It's to run from. Drugs are used for me to shut down my awareness that this thing is going on. Medication is used to maintain Or like if you have, uh, maybe you have uh, a sugar problem or maybe you have a um, diabetes problem or something like that, you'll take medication to keep yourself in a a state where you can can thrive in life. Medicine is different. Medicine goes down into the core and actually creates a healing effect in the areas where you need to be healing. Plant medicines like ayahuasca, psilocybin, ibogaine, uh, iboga, stuff like that. Um, and on and on and on, uh, Amanita Mascara. These are all plants that are actually medicine. They're, 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 uh, people have called them uh, vitamins for the mind. And so understanding that and then learning how it's the relationship. When, when, it, when you really look at addiction, what you learn is that it's really about the relationship with the person, place, thing, or event. It's not really about the thing it's not really about the drug. It's not really about the medicine. It's not really about the medication. It's the relationship that I've developed with it. We do a um, we have a group called Ayahuasca and Recovery that meets every Thursday from five to seven here at the church, and we get a lot of people that come in and and they're not even dealing with drug addiction. They're dealing with a shopping addiction or relationship addictions or just the addiction to anger or or rage or just an experience of reality that they just keep finding themselves unconsciously experiencing over and over and over. Addiction just isn't just a drug. So it really, what it did was it evolved my understanding of addiction in such a way that it made it so that I can understand what I'm doing in my body, what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my spirit, so I could heal those parts of myself that keep coming up.
0: Right. So when you went to the medicine, it was for your own personal like healing evolution awakening or it was also with the intention of you know bringing this into your practice or creating something with the medicine or it was initially just for yourself
1: well originally i thought it was to bring it into my practice because again i come from tony robbins it's time to go out on my own what am i going to do i need to figure out what i'm going to come to this medicine and it's going to give me the insight that i need and mother's interesting because you come to mother And, and, and you go, okay, you have, you want to always want to come to the medicine with an intention. You come in and it's kind of like, um, there's this old show that I used to watch when I was a kid. I'm going to date myself, Nina. Um, there's this old, this show called uh, Kung Fu with David Carradine. And it had this, this old Oriental Zen master that would hold out a hand and go, when you can snatch a pebble from my hand kind of thing. Right. And that's mother Aya. You come in, you think you want to learn how to punch. Mother goes, that's cute. I want you to come over here and I want you to kick this bag 500 times. Now, she typically will get me to the punch, but she, we have to, I have to remove all the algorithms, all the stories that are keeping me from getting to the punch to begin with. And so it's like, well, that's cute that you want to get there. But before you get there, you really want to understand why you think you need to be there and what's causing you to go that direction to begin with. And by the time she broke that open, the questions, I mean, I came in, Nina, my first my first ceremony, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out myself. All those people in the, med- in the plant medicine community are going to hate. They're not going to like what I just, what I'm about to say. I drank, I ate steak the night before. I had, I mean, I just, coffee, like I hadn't read the dieta and I showed up. And the good thing about the place that I were, we we're right in, in, we have hospital on speed dial. We have a medical staff. So the the medic, Dr. Tiffany is giving me the interview and she's like, well, how was the dieta for you? And again, I'd done no homework other than my friend telling me, and I signed up, I'm like, uh, what dieta? I'm not on a diet. Dieta. Did you do the, did you get your email? Like what email? I didn't get an email. She said, you didn't do the dieta. And so then she found out what I'd eat and she's like, oh, this is not going to be good. Like it was, it was very, I came to the medicine and I can remember the, the, the second ceremony, third ceremony. I can remember just being unbelievably filled with shame because I had not prepared for the interaction, how could I? There was no way I could have known what was going to, what I, what was going to transcribe there. There's no, it's like trying to explain what the color seven smells like. So, I, Oh, and, and really what it allowed me to do, I've learned there are no accidents when it comes to shadow work is it brought me to the very shame that I was carrying my entire life that I had yet to work through this shame of I'm not good enough. Nobody's going to love me and oh look now i'm showing up in front of it look at how un, unworthy i am to be in front of it was it took me right to the very core of my pain even though i did it wrong it it was exactly what i needed because i needed to understand just how much how shamefilled i was as an individual which was keeping me working in a job that i loved but at the same time i was underneath the shadow of a very Literal, A literal giant, right? And so there was no way for – I could always hide and say I'm not good enough and feel not good enough because I was standing in front of somebody that that just exuded worth and good enough. And the whole time, it was like he was teaching me to stand in my own axis mundi, and there I was projecting totally unconsciously without even knowing it.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to the humble, humbling nature of the experience, you know? Uh, and often, t- like, like that happened to me multiple times, you know, after working with the medicine for a while, I'm like, okay, I'm, I get this, like, you know, and then you you know nothing. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as I think I know the answer, then mother's going to come around from the other side and show me how I was, because again, it's all story. Mother's second ceremony showed me, she's, I come, I woke up from a dream that I didn't know I was having. I was, it's a daytime ceremony. If you've never done the daytime ceremony with mother, it's just beautiful. And, and I'm in this grove, we're in this beautiful grove. And I, and I close my eyes and I woke up. Now, I don't remember going to sleep. So I can't really say I woke up from being sleeping. It was like I waking up from a dream that I didn't know I was having kind of thing. And there's mother, this, female latin like just this beautiful mothering she's just looking straight ahead like she's looking like this like if you were me she's looking straight ahead and she's just doesn't care whether i acknowledge her doesn't care whether i see her doesn't care like it's all okay and she's just exuding love and i remember i must have been in a conversation with her and i yet to recall like for whatever reason my mind has not given me all of it but um i remember asking so it's all story yep all story all the way down to the very gaze of God. It's all story. Like, wow. And then I remember waking up and then looking around going, Oh, wow. What was that? And then going back to sleep or waking up, depending on how you're looking at it. Right. And going, well, then I remember, I was just bawling. Cause again, I'm now I'm in my shame. Well, then why do we forget? Why do I forget that I'm so divine? And she started laughing at me, Nina, like she started like, almost not like a shameful laugh, but a, you're so silly. Kind of laugh, and it didn't realize until later on down the road it's because we forget the human the root for human being in Arabic is to forget our very nature is to forget why we're here, our very nature is to remember is to is to become aware of our purpose it's like forgetting so that we can remember again right and so it's yeah it's it's like you, you, we go into these experiences and we think we want to go in for one thing, and it's like that's because my ego is so un. It's almost like uninformed of what's really going on, which is the nature of my suffering.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to ask that, given that you have a background in psychology, Buddhism, shadow work, coaching, all of that, and you were aware of your trauma and your issues way before you came to the medicine, and I assume you were working actively on them, you know, to resolve them and bring healing. So what could you say? Like, how was the medicine different from all the other tools that you used before? Like like can can you put your finger on it, and what this experience kind of gave you that you didn't get with the 12 steps and all the other stuff that you did before?
1: That's a great question. I believe if there were as a shadow guide, if there were a God that I worshiped, is like we all worship our like if we were still in like roman times kind of thing if we worshiped a god she, mother Aya would be that god she's she's just a she, like her ability to set up run a process is and she gives it's all in my mind you can't hide from yourself right um but when i was three years old again i'm trapped in the basement it's pre-verbal and at three years old mom and dad are god like go back to when you were three and remember what it felt like actually the subjective experience of being a three-year-old mom and dad or God. And so um, pre-verbal, so I can't explain to you the terror that I'm experiencing in my body on a regular basis. And when my mom finally got me back, well, the, pre- the prevalent thought of the time was just don't say anything, it'll go away. And so here you got this little three-year-old that would twitch at all the wrong places and obviously had to have some very odd behaviors because he always felt like he was either trapped or being trapped and um they just didn't say anything so that's pre-verbal so i grow out of that i start to develop all kinds of the mind then start to develop all kinds of counterbalances to to balance out this fear with rationalization with justification with subtle ways to not put myself in situations to where that feeling intensifies or comes up And and, around and around and around, the the mind creates this meaning and then builds this giant card house on top of it. Well, now I'm, you know, 40 some years old and I'm on my date on date night with my loving wife. And she's like, well, what would you like to eat tonight? Would you want to go get something to eat? And in my mind, the subjective experience, why are you asking me? Why do I always have to pick? Why don't you pick? Notice that, see how at some level the thread of you're trying to trap me, that somehow I'm getting stuck, somehow you're trying to imprison me, somehow I'm trapped in a, like, you don't ever make, make the risk of saying what you want, how come I have to risk anything? Kind of, this rooted in being trapped in the basement comes from that, and I don't even know that, but I have this feeling that this is just, why is she, like, why doesn't she ever pick? That's just a natural response to any stimulus was that for that to come up. Well, now April 2000, I start doing shadow work and it, something gets pinged there. And I start, and we call it taking a bucket. It, shadow work is not a one and done kind of thing. Like I'm still, there's still times where I'm walking down the road and all of a sudden I feel this constriction in my body. And all of a sudden my little boy comes online and he wants to run, fight, flight, feign, freeze, or disassociate. He wants to somehow create this thing. Like I'm not a therapist. I'm not a guru. I'm a shadow guide. I came from the darkness. I didn't come, I'm not a star seed that was sent here to earth to share my light. No, I'm a guy who's bumped his head up against every one of these rocks kind of thing. Well, it comes a point where you have to go down in, you, you have to, anything you want to heal, you have to feel. Sometimes mother teaches me, sometimes the only way out is through. I've got this holding on to this feeling of being trapped, but I can't quite process it. And there were several times where genius facilitators would bring me right up to this wall this, whatever that resistance was, and I would hit it, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to respond to it. I didn't, my mind would run from it. It would, we call it dancing. It would start to dance around it. And I just wasn't able to go through it. And I knew it. It's what led me to Tony. It's what led me traveling around the world, doing this work. It's what led me to do, you know, then study, sit, sit and total the silence kind of thing for days on end. Like it was all designed. I, I didn't know that I was trying to get down to this, deep 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 understand what was going on down there because i kept feeling like i didn't fit in i kept feeling like you were trying your questions are trying to trap me kind of thing well i'm on my 18th ceremony with mother and we do this thing called shadow ceremony where it's a it's a three day we're going to drive we we bring the the ego the conscious mind down into the deep conscious so that when you're down there it's not an ego death the ego you don't want to kill your ego you want to teach your ego you want to educate you want to you want to understand your ego you want your ego to understand where it, what its role is it wants to understand what its role is kind of thing so we take it down and and when we go down there i want to make sure that i'm clear so i'm sitting in ceremony and it's my 18th ceremony and i'm i'm you know i go into my i go into process and i start this process of i start bless i have seven kids so i start blessing my kids and then i start blessing my family my wife then my my outer family then my my, my clients my tribe my uh my friends my strangers my enemies the world the universe and by that time again i got seven kids so by that time i'm deep into the medicine (laughs) right and 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 all of a sudden i you know a mother helped me mother helped me mother helped me and all of a sudden this voice this this again female presence comes she come she she came right here and she said when was the first time that you remember asking for your mother's help Bam, dropped me in the basement. And up until that time, Nina, I had no recollection because it was so much terror that my mind just said he doesn't – the ego will keep you away from that completely. That's its job is to help you survive. Pain equals death. Mental pain equals death. Keep him away from that. And that was – it was so bad. I mean I'm down in this. All of a sudden I was like, oh, I know where this is. I went out. I went out. Let me out. Let me out. And the terror was so great. That I remember my mind was just blotching out. Like it was just so much terror, so much fear. And this voice in the back of my mind, keep going forward, just keep moving forward, keep going through. Because again, sometimes the only way out is through. I came out on this other side and all of a sudden I feel this understanding of being connected to everything and being part of the mechanics of the all God, God having a human experience, whatever the, on the other side of it was. So now because I've done that work, because I've actually gone down into that basement now, I now know what it's like to be trapped in that basement. I've reclaimed myself from that. Call it soul retrieval, is what we called it. Ancient druids. We got. I've gone down in and and pulled that part of me out of that basement. So now when I, that that algorithm comes online, I can hear it. Most of the time, people can't hear it. It's like a re- record playing. That's playing a song. That's playing it. Da 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 da. da. Exactly. And, and it's just playing in the back of your mind. And you don't know that that because it's like a song that just kept playing over and over and over so long that I tuned it out. Now I can hear it when it comes on. So I can go, hang on a minute. I can go get grounded. I can do my work. I can get present so that I can be here now with you. And I'm not trapped in the storyline of who that algorithm tells me I am. And it tells me you are.
0: Oh, wow. I think this was a really great description. Thank you for sharing your personal process. That was like exactly my experience and my personal experience and also with lots of my clients that, as you say, when people have severe trauma or just trauma, but especially, you know, trauma that you describe, like early childhood trauma, like, like serious abuse, things like that, then what happens psychologically that your psyche, your mind will build a a protection around it, as you explained, you know, this wall, you know, to keep you from ever touching, feeling it again, because, you know, as you described, you know, uh, for that part of you, it's just like equals death. And it is death in a way, I think it's, you know, and uh, and and every attempt i think even with classical psychotherapy even with alternative healing holistic stuff you you trying to kind of you know scratch it or something and and it gets even more walled in you know when you touch it so like i i um, i had like memories come back after 30 years from my childhood that were completely suppressed into amnesia that kind of totally changed my life, you know, in in a huge fundamental way. And I have a lot of people with this, you know, that they have memories coming back, things that they didn't remember that happened that explains the whole predicament, you know, that they are in it. And they tried like everything, you know, before and they couldn't go there, they couldn't touch it, but they felt the effect in their life, or they did you know, improve to a certain extent, but never kind of uprooted the problem. And I think a lot of people describes, you know, the the, the mother ayahuasca this way that she's like a deep surgical tool that helps you to go to the root of the problem and and approve and 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 normally you would not go there because there is so much resistance to go there that I think we need this help, you know, to break through and and to be Carried and guided because, as you said, while you were going through that terror, she was there, you know, like she was there and, and she was with you and, and so you are not alone, you know, in that experience. So, and, and that's very deeply, I think, healing and, and changing and transforming. And I think that's that's one of the reasons people have this calling, you know, that we say that you are called to this medicine. I think it's like because of that, because people are ready, you know, to go to that, that if that's, your, that's their intention, of course, you know, there is many other intention to go with. So yeah, definitely like a great tool to, to touch, you know, that depth that it's it's hard to access. I'm not saying you cannot access with other tools because everything is possible and there's so many ways. But my experience is that it's like shortens the process. <laughs> like it's like, a, you know, but it's also much more intense. And I think that's why we need guidance. That's why we need container. That's why we need community because it is very intense experience, not just in the ceremony, but before and after. So let's talk about that part. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and, and the before and after, I mean, when you come to the medicine, we're specifically talking about Mother Aya, when you come to the medicine, I had a call, a prep call with a gal yesterday, who she's coming in, she's going to spend 10 days just decompressing from her entire life. She's prepping for she's she's going into it. I told her, I said, You're coming into it way better than I I had I did. You're gonna get like the the mother's gonna be just like I I would I did not come like that, so good for you, kind of thing. But she's given herself 10 to 10 days, I believe, to to decompress, to to kind of filter out, I call it a mental cleanse, to cleanse out everything, and she's gonna sit with the medicine. Now, when we sit with the medicine and we talk about, well, this medicine versus that medicine versus the other medicine, I'm learning. Like every Saturday I go in and, and do a, a shadow intensive, like a mini shadow ceremony. People drink Friday night, they'll drink Saturday night. They sit with me Saturday morning. And in that process, what I've come to believe is that it's not, well, go do your, go drink. mother. It's, it's like you come to it in the subjective experience. All shadow work is a subjective in the now experience. And so we'll get people that'll come do ayahuasca and then they'll come do a piece of shadow work and then they'll go to do something else. And they'll go, Oh, that something else. Did it. Well, no, it was your journey through the hero's journey that, that did what it was. It took everything you got to get where you are. I don't think there's one, there's one, it's not a one size fits all. It's me learning. Where is my path? Where do I need to be? And how can I align my axis mundi, the center of the universe with that? So we, you know, mother sat, saturday with somebody it's like well don't know that i'm going to drink drink friday night don't know that i'm going to drink saturday night okay well tell me what is the reason well as i said what did you come here to get well i come here because it feels like everybody in my life is moving forward and i'm stuck really yeah i said well, okay so tell me what happened last night <laughs> I'm not making this up nina well i took I took the medicine and, and I looked around and it seemed like everybody was having these great experiences and it just wasn't doing anything for me. Huh. And how did that make you feel? Well, it made me feel like I was being left behind. I mean, you can't make this up. Mother brings us right to that suffering point that the, the, the one that I'm able to deal with grasp at that time in my, at, at my journey, in my journey. And she goes right after this is the work you're doing. And so it's like, we like, which one's better. Now I do believe, when it comes to shadow work, when you add shadow work in when working with medicine, whether it be Mother Aya, whether it be microdosing uh, mushrooms, Mother, macrodose her, her dose in ceremony, however you're doing it, doing it with attention, and you add shadow work into it, it becomes an entourage effect because now you are looking for those places where you are least wanting to go. You're leaning in to the to the to the shadow, to the darkness, to the pain, to the suffering. You get these. You you think of it like you drink the medicine and you get these icons that pop up. You get, you know, cute and fuzzy bunny, uh, creepy uncle, whatever. You know what I mean? And most people want – they want that cute and fuzzy bunny. They want to go, oh, I want this – you know, they think enlightenment is this kumbaya. And really it's hair messed up, you know, purge all over you, like shirt torn off, covered in filth from head to toe. Like that for me is real. You know, that's real. It's authentic because change is always messy. Change is always uncomfortable. It's rarely convenient, and it comes out in the physical world by messy. Because this is the this is the way all my stories have kind of placed me in this. Re- it's comfortable right here. As soon as I start to shift differently, everything gets messy. And so we come to the work, and and it's messy. It's just messy, and we've got to be willing for me to go into that that creepy uncle. You know, for me, it wasn't a creepy uncle. It was so much. It was that and a stepmother and a and a and a, and a Anna, Anna, Anna. And there were so many that because I bumped my head against all that, I can see now I can go down into those basements with people. I'm not afraid to go down in those basements. And so I've got to be willing to use both. I use what's available to me, what works for me in a way that works for me because, I, you know, I'm just the only way I know to go. I'm just following that path of healing. And so it's, it's, it's understanding what works best for you, being willing to go. So many people say bad trips those are the ones that are really juicy. If you give yourself permission to lean into them, those are the ones that really grow me, that make me aware of why I'm showing up, why I'm getting the outcome that, I, that I'm looking for. And the other thing you mentioned was you talked about, you know, all of us that are coming to it for from our trauma. I'm doing a lot of work with business owners. I'm doing a lot of work with entrepreneurs. I'm doing a lot of work with people that aren't coming to the medicine just for their wounds. They're coming to break open the very understanding of the way they look at the world to give them the ability to be more innovative and more, um, more inspirational in the way that they show up. So it's cracking people. We're starting here because this is, we got to meet society where it's at. But as we continue to, to I think, go through this psychedelic revolution, we're going to find that this has been a tool that we've not been leveraging that's going to transform, I believe, the very fabric of our reality.
0: Wow. I would love to do a separate episode about that part because actually I never had anybody on the podcast, you know, talking from that angle. It's all healers and therapy. I mean, I know that you are as well in a way, but yeah, not many people take this angle. So um, you are in Florida, you are working with a church. Is that Soul Quest? Can we say yes. that?
1: Yep. I'm working with Soul Quest, and I also... January, in January, we've got a, a shadow ceremony also going up. There's an agape church in Houston that I do work with. Um, and because and, I really want to work, my mother gave me the vision of what the mission that she wanted me and I'm, I'm fully committed. And so I, I like to work next to these churches because these churches are doing this, we're doing the same work. We're, we're on the same team kind of thing and we're all kind of rowing down the same, river together and when somebody goes to work with my it's always interesting me we'll doing, we'll be doing some work and all of a sudden they'll go well my last ceremony with mother and i'll stop (laughs) because i know whatever they're getting ready to give me is a message coming straight from and sure enough i'll stop and they'll say something and i'll go well just take a look at where you're suffering right now and they'll connect the dots and all of a sudden it's like data download right i'm just following her and so it's always great to work with now right now we're getting about 70% 70% of the people that are coming through have drank in the medicine. They've worked, they've been working with psychedelics. They've been working because they again, they're trying to work through this, whatever, whatever Gregorian knot has them caught, but the other 30% and it's growing, have never drank, done psychedelics, have no desire to do psychedelics and are still getting, we, at, on Sunday, we do shadow ceremony on Sunday. I'll go, how many of you people here have been working with mother? And we'll get, get about 70% of the room. And I'll say, hold your hands up. How many of you have gotten the same place? And many of them will say, yep, every single one of them keeps their hands raised. Many of them will say, this allowed me to take myself to that spot all on my own. And so what shadow work teaches is you are the medicine. Mother is just the catalyst to activate this part of me that I can finally change those those stories that I'm telling myself that I don't even know I'm telling myself.
0: Oh, that's a really good way of putting it. And I was smiling because this is on your website that you are the medicine and my my sentence is that love is the medicine but i think that's the same thing because i do believe that we are that love so yeah just said in a different way so okay so you are like a person who helps people before and after, but you are not trained to serve the medicine or you know or, or things like that. so you take the. What like how how is your program works? How long is the before and the after? Is it individual? Is it a group thing? Like t- tell us about that.
1: Great question. Yes, I don't have any authorization uh, from mother. I've got no training. I've got no desire to serve uh, mother. I believe that in our reality, what mother is looking for is somebody to bring in that ancient lineage of how to work with the medicine. And at the same time, because the modern mind is so complicated and uh, um, befuddled with all of the confusion and all of the misinformation that I've taken in to be truth, that it there's a bridge that needs to happen between the ancient and the Western thought. And I I like to say that I am the keeper of threshold. I am the guy that stands between change. Like that's what I've been studying for 22 years is change standing at the doorway. What mother showed me is I'm to stand at the doorway to change. And so I'll work with people on the front end to prepare them. And it's always funny because I, I start to wonder, well, where does ceremony really begin? Does it begin when I, when I take the medicine, does it begin when the medicine comes on? And I'm beginning to believe, and it's, it's been my understanding from working now with countless people that it starts way before that. As soon as I hear the calling, I've started to go into some form of ceremony at just how conscious am I? And as many times you'll see people resisting that and, and, and all of a sudden you'll see the pain intensify as they're going into this ceremony. It's like, breathe, you're going through a threshold, your body knows something's getting ready to happen. And so it's your mind is fighting you and it's creating reasons why you're in danger and just breathe. And then they'll come through the ceremony. I'll work with them on the front end. And typically I suggest, you know, you want to start, you want to start an integration process. Typically you would be good about a month prior, maybe two months prior. Um, I had one lady that her her daughter died and started working with her two months prior to her coming to drink. And it was exactly what she needed. And then I sit with Saturday morning while you know, because we do a Friday night and then Saturday night. So Saturday morning, I'm sitting with people while they're in the medicine. And I always give people, there's four, there's four questions that I give people that mother gave me back on my 18th ceremony to help people work with the medicine to do their shadow work. You know, first go back to the guy that felt like he wasn't getting it. First question is, is what are you feeling? Easy question. What am I feeling? Like you're in the medicine and all of a sudden, nah, I'm not happy here. This ain't working, whatever. But what are you feeling in your body? I'm feeling angry. Hmm. Second question is, is do you feel that way all the time? Feeling that way all the time. Interesting. So that's not the situation. It's the, it's what I call the looking glass that you're looking through. You're filtering it through whatever angry story you've got. Interesting. Third question. Where did I, where did I pick that up from? Mother took me, I, I, mother came in and said, when was the first time you remember? She took me all the way back to that space. And mother, if you ask those questions while under the medicine, mother will say, I'm glad you asked. And she'll, She'll take you right there. The problem is, is that I don't want to go there because I know where I'm going, but I don't know that I know that. Right, so I got to ask that question. The fourth question is, well, what kind of a person did that make me? What did I yearn for? And what that's doing is, is it showing me where I? Because many times in shadow work, what we've come to find in our tribe is, um, I'm doing the very thing that I want, but that my little person needed back there. I'm doing out here with you trying to fix that algorithm that I got going on back there but I'm not conscious of it and I could take you down to deep 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 levels of that down to you pick a job because you're in shadow and that's the job that allows you to feel that shadow like I've seen it happen in varying different ways and so that question allows you the ability to see what's really going on so you can start providing that for yourself start cultivating that in my life and then once that happens, then mother's going to help you work through that. So then I'll give them those questions, work with them to prepare them for their night, their night ceremony with mother. They'll go through their journey with mother. And we have people there that have been trained. We have uh, we have um uh, that come. Misty Taki was just there a couple weeks ago. Like we bring in uh, we bring in just geniuses. Like, again, these guys are dealing with hundreds of thousands of years of lineage that they've been trained out of how to work with the medicine. Those people will come and they'll pour and they'll hold ceremony. And then after the ceremony, we do integration. And I do, um, for SoulQuest, I do a Monday night integration. Thursday night, I have an open house for anybody that wants to come. Uh, we're going to be doing one for Agape. And, and so these integrations, we actually take people through work so that we can continue to do the work that mother started, because that's not where it ends. That's not where the work ends. That's where the work begins. And it, for many of us, it's a lifetime journey. So how long will it take afterwards? Well, it takes what it takes. <laughs> it, like, it really takes what it takes. Some of my, I've got students that have been with me for four or five years. I've got clients that have been with me for seven years. I've got, I've got some people that will come and they'll sit through saddle ceremony and they'll be good. They'll get whatever healing they needed, whatever, whatever they needed to be on the path the wholeness. It's really what shadow work is. It's the path to wholeness. They'll get on that path. They'll get what they need and they'll go on with their lives. So it just depends on who that person is, what level they're at, where they want to go. If they're going to be a guide, then they're going to come. They're going to work with me for a lengthy amount of time because I want to make sure that they're ready to go before I say, yeah, these people know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's very individual. And I would also say that there is kind of a minimum amount of time because um, you know, often people think that oh, I had an integration circle after the ceremony, so I did integration. That's that's not you know, like that was one circle so and and because of the nature of what you described that you are dealing with very deep shit that is coming to the surface that you need to process and your beautiful higher self and intelligence orchestrating that processing like waves and layers so you can kind of you know not get another shock <laughs> when you well understand-
1: and, and and what you call a circle people are calling integration that's not integration. Integration is integrating. It's actually taking the lesson that mother gave me back there and pushing it into my life, showing up with my kids differently, showing up with my clients differently, showing up with myself differently. My relationships with people, places, things and events changes because my perspective, the stories that I'm holding on to, mean, that's integration. The the circle is just the preparation, the clarity, helping you develop the strategies as a trained strategist, developing the strategies to allow you to implement and integrate that lesson in your life. It's like it's a misnomer. Yes, it's integration, it's I group, but that's not real integration. Real integration is when you don't necessarily need to sit, come sit in a circle to do integration. It just it's like trying to look at your own eyeball and pull a sliver out of it. It's near impossible to do without support. For me, I need support. I've got support all around me that I work. I, that I've got a whole tribe of people that I go to, to do my work because it's a constant thing. People think they're going to come drink the medicine. Then they're going to sit in an integration group and then I'm done. And then what happens is the default mode network cracks open. And so then they're walking around and they're just lightened. like I said, we are all love. So they're just light and love, light and love. Well, the mind is designed for survival. It's, it's, it's designed for meaning hijacked for survival. And so in about a month and a half, the default mode network is going to close back up. The pink cloud, the honeymoon stage, ends, And now all of my pre-programming comes back online. And now what used to never catch, what, what caught me and then stopped catching me is now catching me again. And I go, oh, that shit didn't work. No, you didn't understand the process. It's a, it's a process. It's not an event. And it's a continual process of me waking up in the moment, in the now that's really what it's all about is now.
0: Yeah, that—that right? that is so true. Yeah, it's, it's so I, I want to emphasize a couple of points like one of that is change in behavior, you know, that for people understand that's what integration means. There's a change in your behavior that is permanent and long-lasting and not going to disappear when you are under stress you know and when something happens because that you know there are as you say especially in the afterglow in the first few weeks there are a lot of changes for, for example people with addictions and stuff they have just no desires no cravings you know they are in this bliss state and um, you know and then as, as that fades off you know this kick back in you know the old programs and uh, to change your behavior you have to change your perspective you have to change your programming your your belief systems uh, release emotional baggage process through your trauma and all of these things and 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 this will take some time to do this you know and and i definitely like my observation like my program is one year I just want to work with people who are serious about it like one year integration after the ceremony and that's my ob- observation is that the first four six months there is not much visible change there is a lot of internal work and change this happening and the physical manifestations will start to show up a little bit later and oh wow now this change, the relationship is changing my work you know and then there is many measurable changes a lot of my clients change careers change location my uh, their basic relationships change so like literally things that you can say okay it was like before like this and now it is like that that you can look at there's something significant change like and I think that's the best way to measure you know how much you know, good work that you do with the medicine, because some people get in this competi- competition, You like, you know, oh, I drank this many times, and this many ceremonies, and all this kind of things, and, but you're still in your toxic relationship, or you're still, you know, like, suffering, or whatever, so that's not the point, really, of the whole uh, story.
1: Well, and and now what they've done is they've taken that toxic relationship many times that they had out here, and now they've developed the same – they're trying to develop the same type of, uh, of, of relationship with the medicine and spirituality. Hello, spiritual ego, like uh, – uh, right? Elder – I call it elder syndrome, right? You start to think that somehow you have – I have. I start to think – let me speak with I statements. I start to think somehow I have your answer or somehow I have my – answer. I finally got it. And then again, like you said, mother comes along and, and she's going to show me how that's absolute, and life will come along and it will sweep the feet right out from under me because the, the, the lesson continues to come until the lesson's been taught. Life is ceremony. If there were a bucket and in those moments and that I come to the awareness that all of a sudden I didn't get it, if I had a bucket and I gave myself permission to go into ceremony in those moments, then I would probably get a bigger pop out of those. But yes, it's like... The spiritual ego that you got, I have to do my work. And it's not I've done my work. It's I'm doing my work. And the first rule of shadow work is that I lie to myself first. First. I believe the bull crap that I'm telling myself because I don't have any other thing. I'm inside the bubble that is Stephen Tuig, right? The bubble, the the 3.5 billion years, this bubble that is my mind, version Stephen Tuig Sr., It took 3.5 billion years of programming to get to right here. For me to think that somehow I'm going to go drink something, and then all of a sudden everything's going to change. Well, that's more of the same shadowy belief system that has us trapped in suffering to begin with. Go get this, and you'll be better in here. Let me fill this, this empty hole. That empty hole is not meant to be filled. Stuff doesn't go in that. Stuff comes out of that. That's your sacred well stuff come things life doesn't come to you or from you it comes through you through me and i've got to be willing to sit at that well and do that work so that i can connect to the sacredness that is that is me
0: yeah absolutely we always say here that you know the the mother does her work and you have to do your part and it's like a a scene of those things you know and and we are absolutely. conditioned to expect the peer to fix me to expect the medicine to fix me the therapist to fix me you know and 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 we have to which like- you see
1: the root of that you said we listen listen to those words you said the, the, to fix me to fix me well this presupposition to fix me is that somehow i'm broken mm, isn't that interesting where do you feel broken in your body where did you pick that story up from that somehow you could be broken that somehow you were, you were breakable. That somehow you're not God having a Neenix. Like, and instantly, here we go. Like, if you were in the medicine, here we go. Like, if we were on the carpet, here we go, right? And it's, the world thinks it's, I've come to this belief system that we travel around the world thinking that, I, thinking that somehow I'm broken. And in and, and a consumer-based economy, buy this shirt, buy this hat, buy this car, have this wife, drink this substance, take this pill, and it will fix your brokenness. And so then we become a, 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 a we've become a society of takers. And, and when you read like um, um, Mark Gaffney's book, The Erotic and the Holy, talks about giving, taking, being open to receive. And so we become the society that we've been programmed unconscious, not unconsciously, deep consciously. I'm unconscious to my deep conscious, but the deep conscious programming is to just take, to, to, to put a bandaid on it. And so now we're gobbling up, Resources, because that's what we've been programmed to do in our personal lives, and everything is fractal. So when you see the society, the way that we're treating Mother Earth, we're treating Mother Earth the way that we treat, treat our mothers. Like mother, think of your mom. Like everybody listening, think of your mom. Your mom calls you on the phone, and what do you do? Right. Oh. You, you, we all, at some level, we never treat our mom with the, with the honor and the respect that she deserves, and we see this in society. Everything is fractal. And so the only way that we're going to make anything better out here is for me to stop taking and to start going inward and going, well, what part of me feels broken? Where did I pick up that lie from? It's a fucking lie. Excuse my language. It's a lie. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. That's, that's just a story that you've picked up somewhere back there. And because that story is back there, then you're, and again, this is not no medical device. If you, if you need medical support, please seek out all that. Like, but, You have somewhere along the line that story is going to have to be dealt with because it will keep you'll project it. The mind, what it does, I think, is the mind is projecting all of this stuff onto the world. That's why they call projection. I believe the reason the mind projects it isn't because it can't handle it and it's trying to balance. I think that the mind does this as a tool for us to see, oh, there's a lie I swallowed back there. I need to I need to change that. I need to change that dial so that it's more of empowering. And, but we haven't been taught that, and because we haven't been taught that, we just keep taking to try to fill that hole, to try to take care of that pain, to try to take care of the anger, to try to deal with whatever dissatisfaction that we're experiencing in life. And that will continue to grow until we, as a society, turn inward and go, okay, let me take a look at where the real demon is because it's inside of me. It's not, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't exist out here. It exists inside of you.
0: Yes, that's, I think, a big, big part of the journey, taking responsibility, but that comes with the way of remembering of who you are, you know, and and your power and taking back your power and all of that. So, yeah, the hero's journey, I think a really good description, you know, that that suits more. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. Everything sits at the like we the identity is the little I am. So if you just right now in your head, just say hello. Yep. Say it again. Hello. There they are. Right. And that person never shuts up. All she does is chatter. Right. And what does she chatter? Well, she chatters in narrative form. And then after I tell myself a narrative that I go, okay, that's true, it turns into a story that I tell me about myself about this. It hardens, it calcifies. Once that calcifies, then it hardens into what I call a blueprint or a belief. Like Nina, think of how 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 certain you are that the sun is gonna come up tomorrow. Hold in your body how certain you are that the sun came up today. Hold in your body the level of belief that you have that the sun came up yesterday. Now, just for a moment, take in the awareness that the sun has never come up. You don't revolve around. The sun does not revolve around us. We revolve around the sun. But our mind has said the sun is going to come up. And at that level, there's a a lie right there that you've taken in. At that blueprint level, the same stuff sits down. You're going to be trapped in a basement. The five core fears. I'm not good enough. You're not going to love me. If you leave me, I'll die. I'm going to be trapped. I'm going to be smothered. The five core fears load down here at the blueprint. And then that drives how I feel. All the blueprints of the reality of the world that I have then drive my emotions, which then dictate my, my decisions, my strategies, my agency, which then leads to what I'm going to do. You start pulling this out, and what you find is we've all got one story that we've been following. One story, same story, every story, every movie, every book, every mythology, everything that was ever worth... There's this hero that everything was great, and then all of a sudden it sucked, and I went through these trials and tribulations, and I came through this ordeal, which then gave me this new awareness, which then I returned home and brought back to the tribe. In this cycle, you can see it, Stanislav Grov calls it the four matrices of birth, the birthing process, we see this hero's journey, and then cycles, everything is fractal, so then everything is, is some representation in your mind of what is the story here, and because we've been given that framework to tell ourselves the story, This is how we make meaning is through that hero's journey. So when you're in suffering, ask yourself, am I in my ordeal right now? Am I in my dark night of the soul, my D-knot, what I call a D-knot? I'm about to get an upgrade. Something's going to happen here that's going to pull through you. Look at every dark night of the soul you've ever been through. Isn't it true that every D-knot, every suffering point that when you came through it, a new part of you came online that was stronger, more resilient, more able to handle life now than it could before once you came through it. And I might've looked like it was going to kill you on the way through same hero's journey. There it is over and over and over again. These, this is the journey called life. And we're here. I believe we're all here to, to create meaning. And what is that meaning? What is the story you're telling yourself? What if it could be uh, what you chose to get up today? You chose to be a, actor in your play why not be the hero and not just a walk-on
0: definitely thank you for sharing all that and i hope you will be back on our podcast so to to wrap up the conversation if somebody is thinking of you know working with the mother ayahuasca like what were some things that you would say you know in advance to the people who are thinking about going into this journey
1: I don't think that, first off, I don't think that mother is for everybody. I just, I don't. Um, it's, it, it's either for you or not. Now, I have come to find that many of the people that are coming down the pipe were like me. They were called. There's this, I've been called to the medicine. I don't know what that means because if I try to place a label on it, it'll be my label, not your label. But if you're called to the medicine, take it seriously. You're not it's not like you're coming and just it, the beauty of coming down here is that you don't have to go to Peru and, and uh, you know, go into the all. I had seven kids. I have seven kids. There's no way my wife is going to let me go into the jungles of Peru to drink. It's not going to happen. Right. I can co- drive an hour and go into Orlando, sit with mother, do my work and then do my integration right here, real time in theater. So it's beautiful. And you're still taking the journey across the universe. You wouldn't pack for a journey where you were going across the universe with just a, well, let me just grab a t-shirt. Again, I came to it, ate steak the night before, completely unprepared. My recommendation to you is to not do it the way I do it. Again, I'm a shadow guide. Learn from my mistakes, right? Prepare. You want to prepare your body. We do a thing called mental cleanse. So if you go to your phone and you download, there's an app called the 30 day mental cleanse. It's designed to work with Uh, with plant medicines but you don't need plant medicine to do it so whether you're taking plant medicine or not and it operates at the plot the narrative level and that does a mental cleanse so that i can get everything out of the way so i can have a clear channel to whatever the signal is that mother's trying to send to me get your physical body cleansed. come sit with an if you have the opportunity to sit with somebody that's an integration coach sit with an integration coach on the front end so they can help prepare you for this very long and very difficult journey you're about to take that's, that's kind of like, are you being called? Okay, well, when will now be the time? And, and then once you've got that, it's like, okay, I know where I'm going. I know I'm, I've got my intention. Then you want to sit with somebody that you know, that, that can give you the, as much safety as you, cause the Western mind, we're all certainty, but we want certainty in the most uncertain world that you could possibly have. And so having a, here, we have a medic on staff. We've got uh, trained uh, uh, water uh, people that pour the medicine that have gone to Peru and they've They've done, the, they've done all the training. They've worked with the, the tribe so that they could bring that back. We've melted both worlds. So you can go in as far as, like, I can give you times where having a, a medic on staff allowed me to let go. I can tell you times where having tight to come in and, and, and pour for us allowed me the ability to let go of whatever I was holding on And with mother, it's all about letting go. At the end of the day, it's all about, that's it. At the end of the day, because that's enough. That's all I need. Because like you said, we are love. It's like I resist that. And so sitting in those spaces of packing effectively for the trip, making sure that you get the research necessary to make yourself okay with it, and then letting go. Because once at the end of the road, you're going to grab this cup, and you're going to take this drink, and it's going to be the foulest tasting thing you've ever put in your mouth, probably. And there's no way we can prepare you, or I can somehow give you some understanding because your story that's in your head and my story that's in my head don't line up. What I what I found is we'll kind of all be talking about the same thing, but a bunch of blind men kind of feeling around on an elephant. And together with all of us we get a very good view of something magnificent. And so find a community, I believe find a community, people that you again you could trust. There's a lot of people if you haven't read uh watched the documentary Orgasm Inc. on uh Netflix, go pick that up so you can see the type of people they're doing work in this industry that are, in my humble opinion, are not necessarily, it's not an al- as altruistic as you think it is. You want to work with people that are trained to keep their stuff out of your mind and do the work that you need to do so you can leave more a better, better brighter version of you. Once you've done all that, then set up an integration process with somebody that you know Again, knows the integration process, they can help you work through the decades worth of information that you're going to get in six hours.
0: Yes, so very well said. Yes to that, and thank you for uh, making time to share with us today. And I would love to do that other occasion about you know how those people who who come for you know more the corporate world with different intentions not necessarily hearing how how does that work i would love to hear about that so thank you for being here with us today and yeah thank you for all our listeners please like and share the podcast and stay tuned for the next episode and we're gonna share all uh steven's um where you can reach him his website is masteringchange.com right And yeah, my website is avatarfeelingarge.com for my offering. So yeah, stay tuned and see you soon. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Nina. Thank you very much. I had a great time.